Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, June the 7th, 2022. It is currently 9.27 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live two stories above a street here in Abilene, Texas. Now behind me, it is dark outside. Darkness has fallen over West Texas. And I think this would be the perfect time right now for you to turn off all the lights, maybe light a candle to set the mood, because tonight we're going to talk about Satanism. Satanism. Does that send chills down your spine? Satanism. We're going to talk about the rise of devil worship. Oh, does, does that get you scared? Does that, does that make you frightened? Are you concerned that everywhere you look, there are people worshiping the devil, that Satanism is on the rise, and that we need to do something about it, and we should be in a panic? Now, some of you will be a little offended by me seemingly to make light of what you may feel to be a very serious subject, one that needs our undivided attention. And I understand that. And I will try to explain why maybe my perspective is a little bit different. But here's what happened. I was sitting downstairs. I had just finished eating some pizza. And I'm like, you know, it's it's getting that evening, you know, it's evening time. I, I usually try to do, you know, four devotionals a day, morning, afternoon, evening, late at night. Well, it's kind of like in between that evening, moving towards late night. I, I haven't, I, I've done some broadcasting, but I really haven't done anything. And I'm like, I'll grab my iPad and maybe just listen to a Christian podcast, maybe a sermon. I don't know, something for some spiritual nourishment because I just, I just ate pizza. So I was, I was satisfying physical hunger, but I need to ensure that I feed myself spiritually as well. So I grabbed my iPad and I just started looking. I just started looking and all of a sudden I looked down in my one of my podcast apps and I saw the, these words, the rise of devil worship part one. I'm like, whoa, the rise of devil worship part one. Mm, I, I probably should listen to this. And this is what I read. Billy Crone exposes the last day lies of Satanism and the rise of devil worship. Get Billy Crone's DVD set, Satanism, and the rise of devil worship here. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who Billy Crone is, and but he's exposing the lies of Satanism and the rise of devil worship because devil worship is on the rise right now. Now you hear this in certain circles. Sometimes you even hear it really kind of in non-Christian circles. Now, he would claim that he is a Christian, but sometimes I, 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 think, I think it would be fair to at least call, call it into question to some level. One Alex Jones from InfoWars, the one being sued by uh, the parents of children killed at Sandy Hook because he promoted the conspiracy that Sandy Hook never really happened and crisis actors and a lot of other things. He's, well, I think he's already, I think now they're just waiting to find out what the uh, financial damages he's going to have to pay is going to be. Uh, but we can, we could talk all day about that entire history. But 
A lot of times on his program, he's yelling and screaming and ranting, devil worshipers. These people are devil worshipers. They worship Satan. They worship Satan. And they're trying to control the world. And this is a satanic plot to destroy and come for your children. And he starts yelling and screaming and ranting and raving. And many people are like, oh man, the devil worshipers are here. The devil worshipers are here. What are we going to do? And again, you can hear from the tone of my voice that I sound a very a little bit skeptical, that maybe I'm being a little mocking. And I know you're going to be like, no, this is too serious of a subject. You should not do that. And I understand. But let me explain maybe my feelings. Are you ready? Let's go back to, see, where, where do we want to go? Let's go to the 1980s. The 1980s. Do you remember the 1980s? Oh, there was a lot of things going on in the 1980s. We could talk about music. We could talk about fashion. We could talk about so much, right? But let's talk about what was going on. I don't know where you were. I don't know if you were alive in the 1980s. And if you were alive in the uh, 1980s, I don't know where you lived. But for me in the 1980s, I was a teenager. And I lived in West Texas. Buffalo Gap, Texas, and then I lived in between Buffalo Gap and Tuscola. Tuscola is about seven miles from Buffalo Gap. Buffalo Gap is this kind of really, well, I, I could go through all the history of it, but but we moved from Buffalo Gap to in between Buffalo Gap and Tuscola in the middle of nowhere. So I went to high school in Tuscola and spent a good portion of my childhood was in Buffalo Gap. But and Tuscola had what a population of around 300. Buffalo Gap at that time, I think, had a population like 200. So, yeah, and, and, and West Texas, really in the middle of nowhere. The closest city of any size was Abilene, Texas, where I live today, which was about 20 minutes from uh, those areas. Now, in, at, in West Texas during that time, there was grave concern. And when I say grave concern, I don't know if you can clearly understand the fear and the paranoia and the panic that was present in a lot of small towns in West Texas at that time. And it's now been called the satanic panic. There was grave concern that there were teams of of Satanists roaming about trying to kidnap kids to kill them and to offer them as satanic sacrifices. And they would kidnap them and use children in satanic rituals and that there would be satanic ritual abuse and that there was a great fear and that we needed to protect our kids and we needed to be on the lookout because Satanism was everywhere. And it almost became like, for those who didn't really necessarily believe in it, they they in many cases would embrace certain elements of Satanism just to scare everyone to death. But it, it got so serious. There was so much concern that one Halloween, many of the small Texas towns placed a curfew Uh, at least one year at Halloween because I didn't want any kids out after dark because of fear that Satanists were going to be walking around on Halloween, you know, the, the high holiday for Satanists and was going to kidnap them and sacrifice them to Satan. It was, it was really like, I mean, there's, there's articles and books written about the satanic panic. In fact, I'm going to read a little bit here about it, but it, it, I experienced it. It was crazy. There were concerns everywhere about it. In fact, let me read a little bit about what happened. The satanic panic is a moral panic 
consisting of over 12,000 unsubstantiated cases of satanic ritual abuse, SRA, sometimes known as ritual abuse, ritualistic abuse, organized abuse, or sadistic ritual abuse, or satanic ritual abuse, known by many names. It started in the United States in the 1980s, spreading throughout many parts of the world by the late 1990s, and it persists in some ways today. Now, this was, again, I don't know what was going on where you live, but in the 80s in West Texas, I, I mean, I vivid, vividly remember the panic and the concern that, you know, everywhere you look, there were Satan, Satan was everywhere, Satanists were everywhere, and we were all under grave threat, and, and it was, it was crazy. I remember one Halloween, there was this really awesome street where uh, kids in Abilene, Texas, not out there in West Texas, where kids would go trick-or-treating. And I had friends who lived in Abilene, or I guess I should say one friend to be exact. And uh, one Halloween night, we heard that there was a house that supposedly Satanists lived in, right? And so it got late Halloween night. And I remember us sneaking around the house, trying to see, because supposedly there was a basement where satanic rituals were supposed to be taking place. And I remember sneaking around, trying to see into the house. Could have got ourselves shot, got ourselves arrested. But we were trying to find the Satanist. I mean, that's how prevalent it was at that time. I mean, it, it, it feels like something from a movie, like it, like there's no way that was real. How did we all buy into that? How did this panic sweep at least West Texas? I know everyone says it swept the nation. I, I, I can't speak for anywhere else. I can only go with my own experience. Now, this all started, it originated in 1980 with the publication of a book called Michelle Remembers, a, a book co-written by a Canadian uh, psychiatrist, Lawrence Pazder, P-A-Z-D-E-R, and his patient and future wife, Michelle Smith, which used the discredited, discredited practice of recovered memory therapy to make sweeping, lurid claims about satanic ritual abuse involving Smith. The allegations which afterwards arose throughout much of the United States involves reports of physical and sexual abuse of people in the context of occult or satanic rituals. In its most extreme form, allegations involved a conspiracy of a global satanic cult that includes the wealthy, the powerful, the powerful world elite in which children are abducted or bred for human sacrifices, pornography, and prostitution, and allegations that returned in prominence in the form of QAnon. So the satanic panic was big in the 80s, I, I mean, I guess it was there in the 90s. I just remember the 90s, uh, a, a very important part of the satanic pa panic, at least for my experience with it, was exposed to be a fraud. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then I don't really remember much of it in the 2000s, 2010s. But when, once, I guess once you get to around 2014, 15, 16, when QAnon begins to rise, well, the satanic Panic really returns and that kind of conspiratorial thinking. And again, Alex Jones is always talking about this global satanic, you know, group that's trying to kidnap your kids. And I mean, you hear all of these stories on, on the conspiratorial podcast and conspiratorial websites or anywhere where QAnon is prevalent. So once again, because of all of the conspiratorial connections and because of the crazy satanic panic, 
that I watched in the 80s. I'm sorry, I still, I'm skeptical, shrug my shoulders and kind of like, whatever. This is ridiculous. But if you really want to understand the satanic panic, at least for many Christians, okay, I don't know what the world was doing at the time. I, I I can't speak what popular culture was doing at that time. But in the 1980s, I can tell you what was going on in popular culture within West Texas and everybody was scared to death that everyone was a Satanist. But with when I started getting, well, before I became a Christian, so before I, this book is introduced to me, so before I tell you about a book, I can tell you how much I was influenced by it all. Um, I went and bought a satanic Bible and started dabbling in, you know, different kind of occult-like activities, mainly because I wanted to be a part of the panic. I wanted to scare everyone to death, right? So to me, it gave me a sense of power, right? Like I went to school before all of this and I didn't have any power. But once I bought that satanic Bible and walked into the school, that made everyone back up a little bit. So I kind of liked that. I liked a little bit of that power. It's not like I was that well known for it. And I don't even know how many people knew, but I put it this way. If you showed someone a satanic Bible, it at least gave them pause. And then there were other kids in the school, or at least one other kid who claimed to be a part of Satan, Satanism, or I don't remember his, what his claims were. So even, even though in high school, there were kids starting to claim it because you were like, ah, oh, this, this is it. Well, then, it, because you think you get some power, you could scare people, it almost became like kind of a, a almost like a fun thing to do. Well, when I became a Christian, um, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't even give much thought about whatever I had done in the past too much. But I, I had not been a Christian for very long. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't believe I don't believe any specific person told me about. I don't remember. Maybe it was in a Christian bookstore that someone told me about it, or probably on Christian radio. I think it was Christian radio because at that time there was a relatively new station in our area, KGNZ, and uh, was a con- kind of well, I don't even know if you can call it contemporary Christian music at that time, but a Christian radio station. And they were talking a lot at that time about the evils of backmasking that in, you know, if you played records backwards, you get messages from Satan. And they did just a lot of, it wasn't very well organized. It was very kind of amateur, like the way the radio station was designed. And they were talking a lot about the, again, the Satanist, the Satanist, the Satanist. And they were like, the book, I think it was them who were like, the, and I'm trying to remember the first time I heard the book, but it, I would, I had to have been Christian radio. I, someone said, you have to buy the book. The Satan Seller by Mike Warnke. They're like, you have to buy this book. You've got to buy The Satan Seller. That's S-E-L-L-E-R, The Satan Seller. Now, the book was originally written in 1972. I, I don't even know when I ever discovered that it was written that early. But even in 1972, this was starting, I mean, the book sold really well, relatively quick after its publication. Of course, I would have had no idea. You know, I I was very little in 1972. But by the time the 1980s roll around where the culture is awash in satanic panic, a book supposedly written by a Christian for Christians outlining supposedly his experience as a Satanist who rose all the way in the ranks to become a satanic high priest, and then his, you know, mighty transformation and conversion to Jesus Christ, this book was going to be 
obviously a must read for Christians because now we get a Christian to really help us see, but someone who had been within Satanism. I mean, we've got the authority to tell us about Satanism. We got someone who was a high priest. In 1972, Mike Warnke's book, The Satan Seller, was released, written by Warnke with help from a number of other people. The book tells of, of Warnke's being orphaned as a child, his introduction into Satanism, further detailed his uh, participation in alcoholism, drug dealing, uh, and, and his rise in the ranks of Satanism to the level of high priests presiding over satanic rituals, including magical spells, summoning demons, ritual sex, including a kidnap and a rape, and the attempt on his life, a heroin overdose that left him angry and disillusioned. His heroism in Vietnam and how he found Jesus and came home as an evangelist. The story ends with Warnke living happily in California with his wife, and, and, and fewer than three months after the release, the Satan seller had become a religious bestseller. Now, it became a bestseller. The Satan seller became a bestseller. And, and it wasn't until, let's say, the 1990s is when I was first exposed to it. We found out basically his whole story was made up, exaggerations, and not only that, if you actually know Satanism from like looking at the Satanic Bible, you will know that a lot of things he was saying about Satanism was absolutely not true, completely made up, completely fabricated, and completely a lie, misleading. It was garbage. Now, at the time, even though I had read the Satanic Bible, I, I, there was a little, there was a period there of a little bit of confusion because I'm like, wait a minute, this guy was a high priest. Maybe I didn't understand Satanism the right way. So maybe he understood it better. So there was a period of there that I bought into the Mike Warnke thing that, okay. And I, I can't say that I fully embraced the whole satanic panic, but I was at least concerned. New Christian, supposedly Satanist are everywhere. I, I, there was a, there was a period there. There was a little bit of paranoia, a little bit of fear, a little bit of concern. And I didn't know exactly how to process it all because I was, I mean, I was a teenager trying to figure it all out on my own. And you know how you know your teenage years are already. So this was it was it was just a crazy time to experience it all. But then slowly but surely I begin to realize, wait a minute, okay, Satanism, the Anton LaVey Satanism, first of all, is atheistic. And Satan is simply a symbol. The, the Satanic Bible is just a book of philosophy explaining what Satanic philosophy is, which is really, you are the God you should worship. Satan is just a symbol. Worship yourself. Why worship a God that says you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this and it can't do this and this is sinful and this is sinful and this is sinful when you know deep in your heart you want to do it and you desire to do it. Given that to that desire and worship yourself, and that's why in the Anton LaVey form of Satanism, the number one holiday of a Satanist is, no, it's not Halloween. It's your own birthday because you are the God you worship. It's very different than the way pastors and churches usually sell what Satanism is. Usually what pastors and churches sell as Satanism is just completely fraudulent and a lie. And look, if you don't believe me, if you need me to, I can read from the Satanic Bible to you. I don't currently have the book right here in front of me, but trust me, I can have it here soon and I can read it to you uh, and, and explain it to you. Um, so, um, it, yeah, so I begin to realize, wait a minute. So his whole story was a lie. Whole thing was 
It was all basically a scam. He, he was literally selling Satan to fearful people and they bought it and he became rich and he was bringing in millions of dollars in the eighties to his ministry. And, and I remember hearing Mike Warnke on Christian radio. I saw Mike Warnke in concert multiple times. He, be, he became a Christian comedian. I saw him in Nebraska. I saw him in Texas. Um, I think I saw him in Wichita Falls. Uh, I, I saw him all, a number of places. It, I mean, he was ever, he was the, he was, I mean, look, this is how influential, you may think he was just a nobody. This is how influential it became. This is absolutely crazy. See if I can verify this. I got I got the date. Okay. On May the 16th, 1985, Mike Warnke appeared in a primetime news report about Satanism on ABC's 2020 in the show's episode titled The Devil Worshipper. Warnke was included in a number of segments which he discussed the implements and clothing used in satanic ceremonies, a scar allegedly indicating where he was repeatedly cut uh, so that blood could be used in satanic ceremonies and what drew him to Satanism. After Warnke's appearance on 2020, he was frequently cited as an expert on the occult by Christian radio host Bob Larson. Oh, don't even get me started in that crazy program. And the Chick publication, Stable of Authors. Now, 1991 is when Cornerstone Magazine launched their investigation and they found out, oh man, there was so many problems. That's, that's when I, I was in Nebraska, I was in the military, um, when I found out, wait a minute, all of that was a lie? All of that was a fraud? Did Christian ministries come and apologize? No, 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 nobody cared. People made money, people sold books and, 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 and videotapes and it was, it was just crazy, but it was all just so much of it was lies and, and, and manipulation. And, and the only thing that really helped nobody, nobody was helped actually by it. They were scared to death. They were manipulated. And the only one who benefited from it were all the Christian ministries who jumped on the rise of the devil worshipers, the rise of Satanism money train, they made millions. They brought in money after money after money. They they went on to be rich and everyone else just was manipulated and lost money. To this day, the whole thing makes me angry. So it's 2022, July the 7th, July the 7th, 2022. And as I said, to start this, I'd just eaten pizza grabbed my iPad, was going to listen to a Christian podcast, and what do I see? Let me go back to it again. Let me go back to it. Now, my podcast app is going to have closed. Let me go to my library. I'm using the Apple Podcast app because it's working again. Isn't that great? When the Apple Podcast app is working, it's the best hands down. Okay, it's my favorite. All right, here it is. This is from a podcast called Watchmen on the Wall. It's updated daily. It's brought to you by FaithNet TV, the Watchmen on the Wall. And on Monday, they released an episode called The Rise of the Devil Worship, uh, The Rise of Devil Worship, Part 1. And then today, The Rise of Devil Worship, Part 2. Now, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, really? Come on. Come on, really? We're still doing this? Are we still? Is this, is this going to be biblically sound, theologically sound, or is this going to be Alex Jones or back to the great satanic panic of the 1980s? Now, maybe I shouldn't be skeptical. Now, please don't anyone, I don't want anyone to think that I don't believe 
Satan is real. I do. I believe Satan is a roaring lion, roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. I believe there is real spiritual warfare. By no means am I denying any of that. I just know that for way for far too many times in the history of the church, we end up with these, there's witches everywhere. And the next thing you know, people are being killed and people are dying who weren't guilty of anything other than being falsely accused and we're killing them. I've told you before, I've taken a a trip to Salem, Massachusetts and gone to the the witch museum there and uh, learned a lot about the witch, uh, the Salem witch trials and everything that's happened there, bought a book at the witch museum. uh, And it it just bothers me how utter panic, panic leads people... Panic and fear typically leads people to abandon truth and reason. That's why that's why conspiratorial, uh, like QAnon, Alex Jones, if you can just create fear and panic, even if you say, "Hey, a hundred million people are going to die," and it doesn't happen, you just you just don't apologize. You just move on to the, this is going to happen. Then there's a a global cabal that's going to kidnap your kids and, and just whatever the case may be. You just keep selling the panic. And people will abandon reason to listen to you, and then typically you get their money and you get your their loyalty, and sadly you get their reason because they they lose all reason because they've handed it to you. So I don't know what to expect. I know we're already twenty five minutes into this, so I don't think we're going to be able to review a lot of it. But I just want to hear it. I I haven't hit play yet. Remember, that's what I love to do. When I see something, I'm like, you know what? Let's listen to it together, right? So if you just drove past my house and you're like, oh, wait, I see, I see the light in the second story bedroom. I bet you he's, what's he doing up there? Let me go knock on the door. What's going on? I'm going to listen to the rise of devil worship. Oh, really? Yeah, let's listen to it together. You want to listen to it? Let's listen to it together. Let's see. Let's see what they have to say. Now, again, I, I'm just looking at this to see how biblical it is. I'm not here to, I, I, I'm just, I, that's it. I'm not here to get into, I mean, this stuff shows up in Christianity constantly. Again, uh, I, man, I could tell stories of all the different ways I've seen this craziness within Christianity. It's just, it's just, an, it's just crazy how this stuff works, but I don't know. Maybe this is going to be the most biblically, logically, just, it's going to be biblical. It's going to be logical. It's going to be reason. It's going to be just, it's going to be amazing. I don't know what to expect. I've got it queued up at the beginning Let's see. Are you ready? Sounds like a good idea. You ready? You ready? The Rise of Devil Worship, part one. Again, the name of the podcast is Watchmen on the Wall. You should be able to find it wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find it, let me know. I'll help you find it because you'll probably want to listen to both parts. Look, even if I disagree with it all, I still want you to listen to it so that you can hear everything they say so you don't accuse me of taking anything out of context. And you can at least hear their perspective, because clearly I have a very skeptical perspective. And I feel like a lot of this is just sadly, it manipulates uh, and scares people who then lose all their reason and usually lose their money. But that's a whole different story. Here we go. The Rise of Devil Worship Part 1. Let's see what happens. Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Welcome to a brand new week of bringing clarity to the chaos. Today, Billy Crone is here to begin a brand new series on Satanism and the rise of devil worship. Now, I, I, I have to point this out. 
they're going to bring clarity to the chaos. Now, if you're going to bring clarity to the chaos, you have to bring truth. You have to bring accuracy. You cannot bring manipulation, half-truths, exaggeration. I'm not saying they're not going to bring clarity. I'm just saying that there's a standard if you're going to bring clarity. Let's hope they bring clarity. Let's hope. Let's hope. We will see. We are one week closer to our summer virtual prophecy conference. Ten different speakers, all online and all on demand. Watch when you want, as often as you want. From July 15th through the 24th, you'll have complete access to special sessions by Michael Hoggard, Kamal Salim, Micah Van Huss, J.R. Church, Rob Lindstead, Larry Spargimino, Noah Hutchings, Doc Marquis, Ambassador Henry Cooper, and Eric Barger. Register today for the Summer Virtual Prophecy Conference by visiting the events section of our website, swrc.com. Or you can register by calling 1-800-652-1144. Our next in-person conference is coming up Friday and Saturday, June 24th and 25th in Anchorage, Alaska. Billy Crone headlines this special two-day conference. To register, visit the events section of our website, swrc.com, or again, simply call 1-800-652-1144. Billy Crone is here with James Collins to help us get spiritually equipped to not only protect yourself, but so that you can reach out to others who are already being deceived by Satan and turn them to Jesus Christ, who alone can rescue them before it's too late. Okay. Um, Okay, well, I I guess guess this is, uh, you know... You know how I am about conferences, but I, I will at least give them some kind of credit. Uh, their summer twenty twenty, their summer twenty twenty two virtual prophecy conference, uh, the summer virtual prophecy conference. We are excited to present our summer virtual conference. Registration is only nineteen ninety nine, and will include access to all the titles for the duration of the event. Now, again, I. As someone who produces digital content, have been doing so for years and years and years. It still drives me crazy when ministries charge. Hey, look, if you think that you're getting ready to talk about things that is so important, so life-changing, helping people understand the sign of the times and everything they need to know about biblical prophecy, you don't put it behind a paywall. You're like, here it is. It's free. If you want to support, here's the tab. You don't, oh, it just, I just, it will always bother me, but I'm not going to go into my normal rant about it. Uh, we put the teaching of God's word behind paywalls. I just, I'll never understand it. Never. It's like to me putting a bouncer in the front of a church building going, you want in this Sunday, it'll be a $10 cover charge. It's just, but Hey, if it's not church and it's a conference, Hey, forget a $10 cover charge. You don't know who's inside. We got the biggest Christian celebrities you've ever heard of. So for $200, you can get inside a church to hear someone preach the Bible because their preaching of the Bible is far better than that nobody down the street. You don't want to go to them. You got to come to us. Yeah, the whole thing just drives me crazy. But okay, all right. So, but it is $20 if by all means, if you want to support them and you want to sign up, sign up. I don't know. Um, well, 
by, put it this way. Maybe by the time we're done with this, you're going to be like, I can't wait to their virtual prophecy conference. Or by the time you're done, we're done with this, you may be like, what in the world are you playing? I, I don't know which way it's going to go. Let's find out. The religion of Satanism is quickly growing in our world today. As Christians, we should be wise to Satan's schemes. We are to understand the devil's ultimate goal, the destruction of our souls, and take the offense by putting on the full armor of God. Only then could we stand firm and extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Joining me to talk about Satanism and the devil's schemes is Pastor Billy Crone, the senior pastor of Sunrise Bible Church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and the founder of Get a Life Ministries. Today we're going to talk about his latest DVD set titled Satanism and the Rise of Devil Worship. Pastor Billy, welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall. Okay, here we go. So he's got a DVD set. All right, now I don't know who still owns a DVD player in America. There's maybe three or four people who do. Who owns a DV? I, I listen to a Christian satellite network, um, CSN. Uh, they're, they're, they have a radio affiliate here in uh, Abilene, Texas. And between every broadcast, they always have some like, this explosive DVD set can be yours for $19.99. And every time I'm driving in the car, I'm like, who owns a DVD set? Who? Or who owns a DVD player? Forget a DVD set. Who owns a DVD player? I mean, it's 2022. I want to call the Christian radio station. I'm like, do people really call and pay $20 for these DVD sets? Because who owns one? Who owns a DVD player? If you own a DVD player, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, and I want to know your age, and I want to know what in the world you're doing with a DVD player. That's what I, I want to, are, do you, are you saving it for a museum? Like, who owns one? Everything is streaming today. Everything. You can stream in 4K, ultra high def. I mean, what? Why do you need the DVD player? Some say, well, well, you can get a little bit better picture quality versus streaming. Well, I agree, you probably can, but is it worth a, having a DVD player? Like, who owns one? Like, uh, I don't even know the last time I owned a DVD player. Like, what has happened? Okay, Christianity, we need to catch up. Stop selling DVDs and create a website where people can stream your content, okay? I like, I don't, I don't understand it. Okay, but... So it's got a DVD set. Now, the reason I point that out, not just so that I can rant on DVD players, but because it always feels like sometimes these episodes are not so much to really inform or to teach. It's a commercial for the DVD set. Now, you can tell me whether you agree or disagree, but okay. So here we are. This man's got a DVD set on Satanism. Now, when he says Satanism, I'm hoping he gives me a definitive definition of what he means. Because if you're talking Satanism, like the Church of Satan, founded by Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible, I believe 1960, oh man, I don't have it in front of me, 1960, it's, it's a date and I always miss the date, in the 1960s, and he wrote it to give a clear understanding of Satanic philosophy the front of the Satanic Bible gives the nine Satanic statements. I've done plenty of programs over the over time talking about those nine sat Satanic statements and what Satanism really is, and it, it tells you what it isn't. And again, it's atheistic. It's worshiping yourself. Satan is simply a symbol. It's a symbol. 
It's it's not like we're worshiping the devil. The worship Satan is a symbol. You're worshiping yourself. You're the god you worship in Satanism. You're the god you worship. You don't turn the other cheek. It's you don't deny yourself. You get the you get what you want and you don't turn the other cheek. You don't show love for those who don't deserve it. I, I could go on and on and on and on. But um, so when he says Satanism, he's got to define what he means by that. Because either it's always like there's this mysterious secret group. Basically, sometimes Satanism just becomes the, well, the Christianized version of the Illuminati, right? Like there's the Illuminati. That's a part of conspiracy. Oh, we've got the Satanist. I, I, I don't know. May, but maybe he's going to give us a clear understanding. Let's see. Well, hey, thanks for having me. It's always great to be on. Well, let's talk about Satanism and the rise of devil worship. This DVD set contains over 16 hours of dramatic and insightful Bible teaching. It is part of your World Religions, Cults, and the Occult series. You start the series off by discussing the existence of Satan. How would you answer someone who believes Satan to be a myth? Is there a real-life Satan that Satanists actually worship? Yeah, this is not make-believe. It's not some cartoon figure that's got a pitchfork and a red suit cracking jokes. This is real. And if somebody were to say that, oh, it's not real, well, number one, I would say, what Bible are you read? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the mention of Satan is all over the Scripture, Old and New Testament. In fact, who do you think caused the fall of man? A figment of imagination of Adam and Eve? Are you kidding me? Go to the New Testament. Who was it that tempted Jesus in the wilderness? It was just you know a scare tactic from the Jewish elite to make Jesus afraid, some make-believe boogie monster or something? No, it's Satan. Satan is real and unfortunately alive and unfortunately well on planet Earth. And dare I say, unfortunately, as we trace the trail, he's even coming into the church is what's crazy. But here's what's crazy. I get it that the world doesn't believe in a literal devil. They don't want to deal with that reality, let alone demons and things of that nature. But basically what I came across was a stat. It's 65% of those who are professing to be Christians, 65% of the church does not believe in a literal devil devil. They think it's just a mere symbol of evil. And then you're going like, well, no wonder he's having a heyday, not just in the world, but he's having a heyday in the church. And so that's why we start. You think, well, of course, we all know Satan exists. Not in our world today. we got a skeptical, scoffing society, which was prophesied by Peter in the last days, and they're mocking Christ's return. But even go back to the central theme of the cross. Why did Jesus come? He came to rescue us from what? From eternal damnation to hell. I didn't come to save us from a poor economic existence, a low self-esteem. Are you kidding me? The Bible's clear. He came to undo the works of the devil, of Satan, who brought in sin and death and all the junk that we're dealing with today. So you take away Satan. It's like, why is there evil and suffering? Where did all that come from? You're going to blame that on God? No, it came from Satan, right? Why did Jesus go on the cross? Well, I guess it's just to, you know, build up our self-esteem. No, he came to rescue us from the damage, the evil deeds that were caused by the devil. So you take the devil out, and it's just like, why do you even have Christianity? What, what's this all about? And that's what's unfortunate. I get it that the world doesn't want to believe in that, even though it doesn't change it. He's still real. But in the church, that's why we started off with the existence of Satan. And we just begin to do what you're supposed to do as Christians, begin to bring out the Scripture, Old and New Testament. This figure called Satan is real. He's a fallen angel. He's really out there working with a third of the fallen angels that went with him in his rebellion. The scripture talks about. And this is why the world's messed up. Yes, man's got his own decision to make with his own sin nature, but there is such a thing as the devil and demons and spiritual warfare, and they're inspiring a lot of events that are going on in our world today, including, dare I say, the New World Order, all this baloney we're doing. It's a satanic 
influence, and we need to get our head out of the sand and deal with it. Pastor Billy, people who worship Satan are, in a sense, saying there is good and there is evil, and I choose the evil. Why do people get into Satanism? Okay, now, he's got to, oh boy, okay, if you're going to say Satanism, you got to tell me which Satanism you're referring to. Let me state it again. The Satanism of the Church of Satan, of Anton LaVey, is not worshiping Satan. They're worshiping themselves. Satan is merely a symbol. They don't believe they're worshiping the fallen angel as in the Bible. They, it's just a symbol. Again, it's atheistic. It's not theistic. It's not, it's almost like this idea like, oh, oh yeah, that's Satan that, that, that's in the Bible. That's the one we're worshiping. Now, if there is a group out there that's like that, but then you've got to identify them. But Christians just love this Satanism, Satanist. Just throw it out there. Like they're there. This is what they do. They're where? Who are they? Where? Can I visit their website? Tell me who they are. How many are there? How large is the group? How widespread is this? Tell me who they are. But in many cases, it just becomes this them, them, they, them. Very similar to the satanic panic of the 1980s. Them, they, they're out there. And well, come to find out so much of it was just nothing more than panic, hype, manipulation, and lies. So let's see what they do with this. Well, a lot of it is just, believe it or not, people are lonely. You know, we live in a world today where people, you know, they stare at their phone their whole life or in the room playing games or whatever. There's not much interaction. Mom and dad are too busy running the rat race of life chasing the American dream, which is to get a bunch of money so you can buy things that you don't need to impress people you don't know and then don't even seek and care. And so families fall apart. People don't even connect. Marriages fall apart. Kids fall apart. And so they're searching, looking for answers and reason. Unfortunately, sometimes they turn to the dark things and to get a sense of a camaraderie. You know, you go and at least these people will hang out with me. And, or sometimes it's a sense of power and authority. You know, people, they've been, you know, abused or feel, you know, neglected or picked on or bullied. Well, you know, go, yeah, well, they'll turn to the dark arts and they want to do, unfortunately, rotten things to other people. Sometimes a lot of it, Pastor Collins, is frankly because of the status of the church today. You would think that if somebody is looking for answers and direction in life and what's life all about, what's going to happen when I die, is God real, you know, that they would turn to the church and they would turn to maybe their house is messed up, their, their home life's messed up, their parents are divorced or what, or they just want to know answers in life. You'd think they'd turn to the church, but you go to the church and say, what do you get? It's just a bunch of baloney. It's a bunch of fluff, not even preaching the Bible. And then here's what's absolutely not just ironic, I'll, I'll use this word, it's sickeningly ironic, is a lot of the messages from the pulpit in the church today are not only not biblical and or don't even teach the Bible, but listen to this. I made a pact with Satan myself. That's part of my testimony before I got saved when I was like 16, 17 years old. He showed his real fruits very quickly with me. He's a liar and he's the father of all lies, John chapter 8, Jesus said, but he's also a murderer and has been one from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So shortly after that, why I cried out to him is because the music I was listening to and the crowd that I was running with said that that's what you need for power and significance. And that's what I wanted. I wanted power and significance in a seemingly meaningless life that I was living because nobody was telling me about Jesus. And then within three months, I tried to OD twice, and I shot myself once in the chest with a twenty-two rifle. And to be honest with you, Pastor Collins, I didn't want to die. I just wanted people to know that I was dying on the inside. So you got people today that are searching like me. They're barking up all the wrong trees. You go in the church, and listen, you either don't get the Bible, 
So you don't get answers to the questions you have. Or they're actually preaching Satanism. The number one law of Satanism is do what you will shall be the whole of the law. comes from what's been called in history the most evil man in the world, Aleister Crowley. And, of course, he got this from Satan because it's what caused the fall of Satan. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, why did Satan fall? Why did he go from being a beautiful angel that served God and is the one who launched evil and suffering all the baloney we're dealing with today? Because it says there in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, he said, I will be like God. I will amount of assembly. I will be like the most high. Satan had an eye problem, right? It's me. Okay. Now, Satanism... Anton LaVey, it is about you. It is. You are you are the God that you worship. Okay, so that is accurate, but he's not really describing that Satanism. He's describing something else. And, and look, may, I hope his testimony is a thousand percent accurate. I hope that he truly made a pact with the devil, truly tried to OD, OD, I think he said two times, and truly tried to kill himself by shooting himself in the chest with the twenty-two. And I say, I hope that that it's accurate and that happened. Not that I would want that to happen to anyone. I just want this story to be accurate and true because we've seen again in the great satanic panic and with Mike Warnke and the Satan seller and some other Christian radio hosts who had all kinds of crazy stories about Satan and demons and all, all so much of it turned out to be fraudulent and lies and lies. I'm hoping in this case, that's not the case. I hope it's completely accurate, verifiable, true, because if it's not, ver- and listen, I say this because if it's not verifiable or true, sooner or later it will come out, and then that's horrible for everyone. It's horrible for everyone involved. It's always horrible and for everyone involved when we're living a lie and we did something wrong and it comes out and expo- it hurts people, it hurts us, hurts the name of Jesus. I've been guilty of it. You've been guilty of it. And it's it's never a good thing. It's never a good thing. So I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping that his story is true. I don't want to sound, well, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm skeptical. I'm cynical because I've just heard so much stuff within Christianity. This happened and this happened and you need to find out None of it happened. It's a fraud. This, this person was healed of this. Find out wasn't really healed. This person was healed of this. Healed of this. Find out three weeks later they died of the very thing they're supposedly healed from. We raised someone from the dead. Find out it's a fraud. I mean, I've heard so much stuff within Christianity that at some point you just become numb to all of the claims. I'm hoping in this case, not that I would want this to happen to anyone, but I'm hoping everything he described is accurate and true. And that some investigation doesn't show up later to demonstrate that it isn't, because that's just never a good thing. It's never a good thing. Myself and I. Well, that's where it all came from. Now, go back to this. So, no wonder the number one law of Satanism, followers of Satan, they have the same mantra. It's all about me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. What I want. I will do what I want. Do what you will, it shall be the whole of the law. Now, that's the number one law of Satanism. Go back to the churches. People are looking for answers. And what are they getting? They're actually getting Satanism from the pulpit. Because a lot of pulpits today, all it is is it's about self. Self-fulfillment, self-esteem, self-riches, all this. Self, it's all about you. Learn to be a better you. How to be financially successful. Build up your self-esteem. Self this, self, self, self. And people don't realize it. That's Satanism. And then you... Now, I, now see, I, I, this is where it's going to get frustrating because I wish he was really talking about, like, if you're going to say Satanism, define what you mean by Satanism. If you're talking about the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible, 
then he can make a valid point. He could pull up the nine statements of, I've said it so many times. If you look at the nine statements of Satanism, if you look at them, right, guess what? It, it's going to describe you and your nature because it's, it's what, it's who we are. Let's see if I can just pull them up really quick. I, w- I wish I would have had my Satanic Bible with me, but I don't have it. Um, let's see here. Um, the nine satanic statements. I think they're called the nine satanic statements. Let me see here. The nine satanic statements. Yeah, from the Church of Satan. All right. Yeah, here we go. Um, uh, this is from the nine satanic, uh, these are the nine satanic statements by Anton LaVey. The nine satanic statements originally appeared in the satanic Bible, 1969. For some reason, I was thinking it was 68 or 67, but 1969. Here we go. Number one. Here they are. This is from now. If you're see, if you're going to see Satanism here, I can identify like a saint, like a a form of Satanism that is recognizable. It's there. I, I believe that even uh, I think when I was in the military, there was a big dispute about having a. Uh, chaplains who were from the Church of Satan, and I think the army had some. I can't remember how it went down, but because, well, they're they're an official recognized religion, and a lot of Christians got upset about that. I'm like, it's the freedom of religion. If you want the freedom of your religion, there's going to be freedom of other religions. Freedom of religion doesn't mean that everyone is right. It just means everyone is free to worship the way they want, and well, the Church of Satan is recognized as that. Now, here we go. Here we go. All right, the nine satanic statements originally appeared in the satanic Bible. Here they are. Number one, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. See, now he could really strengthen his presentation if he would just pull from this. This is an actual document. You can buy the satanic Bible. You can see this for yourself, right? It's at the front of of my copy, which is very, I think I purchased mine somewhere in the 80s, all right? I think I bought it at like Hastings Books and Records, if I remember correctly. All right. Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. That's, it's about indulging. Don't abstain. Don't, don't deny yourself pleasure. Don't indulge. Don't abstain. Where Christianity says, deny yourself, die to yourself. You, you don't, you don't, you, you die to yourself, you surrender yourself to God. It, it's, it's a completely different perspective. But let's be honest, deep down, this is a part of our very sinful nature. Even as a Christian, you still want to indulge. You don't always want to deny, and sometimes you find yourself doing that, which you, you should not do. We've all been there. Number two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Don't look for something spiritual. Don't look for something supernatural. Look for something that's vital, that's real. Vital existence, the flesh, pleasure, pain, life, not some spiritual thing. See, it's very atheistic in its approach. It's very materialistic in its philosophy. Number three, Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self de- uh, self-deceit. Now, remember, what Anton LaVey is, it states, and his philosophy was this. Christianity is like deny yourself you know, uh, sur- uh, die to yourself. Don't follow your will, follow his will. Surrender yourself to God. And he says that it's hypocritical self-deceit because while you're trying to do that, deep down in your nature, you want sin. You want selfishness. You want self-gratification. You want self-exaltation. You want. You don't want to turn the other cheek. You want to smash your enemies. So why live your life and hypocritical self-deceit, 
Get undefiled wisdom by acknowledging who you are and what you are and serving and living for that. That's how Satanism, it is very eye-centered. So he's right. He's describing the right philosophy, but he's describing a Satanism that's more fantasy than real because he could just go to an actual document like right here. And I'm not even quote unquote, a so-called expert on Satanism. All right. Next Satanism or Satan. Again, Satan represents, Satan represents, please note, Satan represents. I don't believe in the actual Satan of the Bible. He simply is a symbol. Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it. Don't waste your love on someone who is an ingrate. Don't. Only give love to someone who deserves it. That's the satanic philosophy where the Bible says, love even your enemy. Love and bless them who would use you and and persecute you. Completely different. Number five, Satan represents a vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. No, don't turn the other cheek. They hit you, destroy. Destroy, get vengeance, strike them down. Number six, Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Psychic vampires are people who just, who just take from you and, and in a sense suck your life out of you. No, 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 no. Just, if you're going to, if, if you're going to show any responsibility, do so to those who are responsible, not to those who just leech off of you. Don't, you don't have any responsibility to them according to Satanism. Number seven, Satan represents man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours, who because of his divine spiritual and intellectual development has become the most vicious animal of all. Satanism says you are an animal, the most vicious animal of all. Embrace that animal nature. Don't deny it. Don't fight against it. Don't worship a God who tries to tell you to go against it. Worship the God of yourself and embrace it. That's the Satanism of the Church of Satan. Something tangible, real, not something, some made-up conspiratorial nonsense, all right? Number eight, Satan represents all the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. See, in Satanism, sin leads to physical, mental, and emotional gratification. And number nine, Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he's kept it in business all these years. And there's a lot of truth to that one because whenever the church, we need to create some panic and fear, Satan, that's what we use to scare everyone to death. So he's right. Satanism is about I and self and self-gratification, but he's, he's not defined what Satanism he's referring to. And there's the document. Why? If you're going to talk about Satanism, why wouldn't you not talk about the Church of Satan, the Satanic Bible, Anton LaVey? Why, why? It makes Aleister Crowley, and you're going to go to something that's, that's less tangible. I wonder why it's not only getting devilish in the world, it's getting devilish in the church, because you're preaching Satanism. So a lot of people, unfortunately, back into the arms of Satanism, and dare I say, because of multiple reasons, but sometimes it's because that's what's being preached from the pulpit. Well, Pastor... And there's some truth to that. Sometimes the church is more about us, 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 self-exaltation, us, us, get your way, your will, your need. There is truth to that. But again, 
take the nine satanic statements. If you, if you really wanted to do an episode on Satanism, I can help you out. Take the satanic Bible, take the nine satanic statements, and then demonstrate how that philosophy manifests itself in churches and large mega churches today. You can take sermons from Joel Olstein. You could just, and you could just say, see, here's a little bit of it. See, here's a little bit of it. See, here's a little bit of it. But I, I you know, I don't know why I'm doing their job. I, I'm not the one who supposedly, you know, 20,000 hours of supposed expertise on Satanism. It's just, yeah, okay. Billy, you have a fantastic testimony. Praise God that the Lord called you into ministry and you have the tremendous ministry that you have today. I did check the phone book, though, and I could not find a satanic building in my hometown anyway. So tell me, where do Satanists meet and what do satanic rituals look like? They meet in all kinds of places. Typically, they're secluded places and it could be businesses, but of course, it's done after hours. You get a lot of people who are involved in Satanists who are from the professional community. I'm talking doctors. I'm talking lawyers, you know, people that, you know, would look in some professional things and, and things of that nature. But they'll meet, like, after hours in businesses, or they'll meet in open places. Could be at the ocean, you know, beach, secluded area where people aren't going to see them. It could be if they're in the mountainous area, some sort of a clearing on top of a hill in a forest area. Here in Vegas, of course, it would be out in the desert empty, abandoned churches. They really like doing those because the people that unfortunately are thrust into those rituals, whether they survive or not, a lot of them are murdered, but some of that survive, and if they're ever to escape, then guess where the last places they ever want to go to a church service Mm. because they did the dirty deed in an abandoned church. Or dare I say, and I I don't discount this, and I've got some reports of this, so-called church buildings this has taken place. And you're thinking, well, that's crazy. That would mean that Satanists have taken control of that church. We share actual testimonies, folks. You got to get the video clips with your own eyes. And you got to get the video clips. See, you got to get the DVD series. You see, this is a commercial. Okay. We, they meet in some secret location. So in other words, he's going to not a tangible group. Again, you can get actual information about, uh, well, Satanist, Satanism, from the Church of Satan.com. There's a website and you can be a re- you can sign up for a regis- registered membership, what disaffiliation looks like, what active membership looks like, uh, how to support the uh, organization, the hierarchy of uh, the hierarchy of the church. A registered member is no degree. An active member is uh, is basically a Satanist with f- uh, first degree. Then you have a witch and warlock, which is second degree. You have priestess and priest, which is third degree. Uh, and then you have a mag- magistra or magister, fourth degree. And then maga, ma- magus, a fifth degree. Um, and then uh, you have agents, priesthood, and you have everything here. I've got their post off box, box, which is actually in New York. I thought I thought the Church of Satan was originally in San Francisco. I'd have to to go, but yeah, you can you can get all the information right here. But he's like, it's just some secret place. See, this is so just. You don't want to be too, you don't want to lock it down in any meaningful way, because if you can just put them in the shadows, that's more scary. That's more frightening. That's that. Well, that keeps, well, your ministry and business because, man, you've got a DVD set and hey, you really need to see this. And of course, supposedly testimonies. Now, again, remember, Mike Warnke was the expert. He made it to 20 on, on ABC's 2020 and he was a fraud. 
So I hate to say it, I'm always going to be skeptical of these wild, crazy stories. They may be true, but in many cases, we we don't we no Christians don't do due diligence to verify said stories, and then the stories get a platform, and then people get man- manipulated again. Maybe they're accurate, maybe they're not. Former Satanists admit that they have been for many, many, many years infiltrating churches and not just sitting in the pews. In fact, I got one guy, he was a generational Satanist, his name was Glenn, on tape, and he admitted that he was in a Baptist church for two years, and nobody had any clue that he was not just a Satanist, he was a generational Satanist. In fact, he was being trained to take over the next high priesthood in the Satanic coven that he was a part of. Now, please note, they've infiltrated the church. See, they've infiltrated the church, and he was about to become a high priest. Same kind of story Mike Warnke. Mike Warnke didn't talk about in, 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 in infiltrating churches. But see, this, is, this creates a, oh, no. Okay, so when you go to church Sunday, hey, that person's sitting over. They could be a Satanist. Our pastor could be a Satanist. The deacon could be a Satanist. That other elder, the Sunday school teacher. The Sunday school teacher teaching my kid could be a Satanist. Do you realize how utterly just crazy that was? What do you hope to accomplish by they've infiltrated the church? How do you know they've infiltrated church? Because someone's supposed testimony who was supposedly being trained for the high priest in some coven that it was a part, not even the actual church of Satan. No, 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 no. And just some nefarious, mysterious underworld group of how many people? I, I don't know. But he was there for two years, and nobody, he said, nobody had any idea that I was a Satanist. And he said, the whole reason I was there, I was there to destroy that church. Wow. And you know how he did it? He said, he wasn't there drawing pentagrams on the pulpit and doing graffiti on the outside and making people afraid. And, and sometimes they do do that. But watch how subtle. This is just like Satan, right? He's subtle. He's cunning. The, he was in there in that church, and all he did for two years sitting in that congregation was gossip and slander. And he would sit there in the pew, and then he'd look left or look right or whoever he'd be around. He'd say, hey, did you hear about that decision the deacons made? Wasn't that dumb? Hey, hey, look over there. Hey, the pastor, aren't his messages just, does he even study this during the week? What is this, a bunch of junk? And he would just get people gossiping. And, of course, once one person heard it, unfortunately, in the church, it spread into the church, and it would literally destroy the church and things of that nature. We got So he destroyed the church by starting gossip. Or the actual Christians in the church destroy the church by spreading the gossip. So who gets the blame here? The Satanist who's lost or the supposedly born-again believers who took the gossip of a Satanist and spread it? Because all it takes is, why are you talking to me? Why? Hey, I know how it works, though. When someone hears something and boom, it will spread everywhere. I know how that works. I know how that works. I, 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 I remember con- calling someone to confess a sin. And, uh, well, before the phone, I think before the phone, I could even push the button on the phone to hang up the call. That news of my confession had gone around the world. Okay. Because that's the way it works sometimes, but Hey, that but I could blame the gossip, but it was me who committed the sin. So I, I got to blame myself there. But you get the idea. You get the idea that, that there, you see, it's the Satanist who's doing it. So there's a Satanist. So if someone starts gossiping in your church, they could be a Satanist. Do you see this just creates paranoia? And, and, and hey, it create, creates fear. 
this, yeah, there, man, okay, let's continue. Other ones that on tape that admit they go into churches and they were trained to learn, quote, Christianese. They were trained to say, amen. They were even trained to say, hallelujah. But of course, they weren't saying amen and hallelujah to Jesus. And so a lot of these people, they're not just sitting in the pews. The point is, then they work themselves into positions of influence. The witches do the same thing in witchcraft. And it could be now they're teaching a Sunday school class. Now they made it onto the church board, if you can believe that, and things of that nature. And I'll just tell you one story. I kid you not, I experienced this firsthand. One particular pastor that I had at the very end, the tail end, the, the truth came out on this one board member. I kid you not. It was like it was like you're waiting for candid camera to show up, right? Go like, okay, okay, surprise, haha, that was a joke. But it wasn't. And this person on the board pipes up and says, you know what? I just need to get something off my chest. My family come from a family of witches, and I'm still kind of upset of how throughout the generations that Christians have been treating witches. <laughs> I was on the church board, and of course that's a witch. But the same thing I'm telling you goes on with Satanism. And a lot of these people have taken control. So go back to, you know, where they meet, what they do, and their sacrifice, and their dirty deeds. Sometimes I do believe it goes on in churches, which is a complete mockery of the real church, how we're supposed to be. But again, if anybody survives that, they will never step foot in a, quote, church facility again. But that's exactly what the devil wants. This is James Collins, and my guest today is Pastor Billy Crone. We're talking about his DVD set, Satanism and the Rise of Devil Worship. This teaching set contains over 16 hours a Bible teaching, and you can get the set of DVDs right now by calling 1-800-652-11. So it's, it's basically a commercial. It's just insane to me. You talk about Satanism. He's supposedly the expert. You don't even mention the nine satanic statements found in the satanic Bible. Talk about Anton LaVey, the Church of Satan, started in San Francisco, I guess now headquartered in New York. You don't talk about that. You don't even talk about the Church of Satan. Dot, what is it? Church of Satan dot org. Always forget the name of the, the the website. Hang on, let me give me one second. It only takes a second to locate it. Just takes a Google search. Um, let's see here. Let's go to the nine satanic statements. There it are. There it is. The Church of Satan. Hang on. Church Church of Satan dot com. Church of Satan dot com. And then you know from there you can't talk about uh, the eleven satanic rules of the earth. The nine satanic sins. Uh, I mean, you've got you've got all kinds of effort. You've got the history here. You've got news. You've got theory and practice. You've got sources. Uh, they give you the actual sources, what to look for, pr- official books. Um, you can get all the books that you need right here from the Church of Satan.com. You can get the Satanic Bible, the Satanic Rituals uh, by Anton LaVey. You can get the Satanic Witch, the Devil's Notebook, Satan Speaks, the Secret Life of a Satanist. We are Satanist, uh, the Satanic Scriptures, uh, the Satanic Warlock. You can get the Fire Within, Nemo, um, Essays in Satanism, Bearing the Devil's Mark, uh, the Cloven. I mean, you can go, I mean, they got all, uh, they got suggested reading. They got everything you could ever know right here. Why, Why be all speculative? And okay, I heard that someone was a part of a church and he was a Satanist. He was just all this theoretical hearsay. I doubt he did any confirmation checking any of the stories out. And, but I mean, like, how can you, like, we're going to do a story about the rise of, of devil worship and we're just going to completely ignore the actual church of Satan. And we're, what? 
What is happening in the evangelical world sometimes? Sometimes I think the evangelical world has basically been hijacked by every conspiracy theory that has ever existed. I'm going to end because we're in an hour and seven minutes. I am going to give you the information of the podcast so you can go and look, uh, look it up and listen to the rest of it for yourself. I just got to find it here because I got 9 million. I subscribed to hundreds of podcasts. I mean, well, there's probably a thousand podcasts I subscribe to. Let me see here. Where is it? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I'm, I'm going to have to just uh, I'm going to have to just find it here. Sorry, I had it saved, but there we go. Watchmen on the Wall. Here it is. Okay, Watchmen on the Wall. Watchmen on the Wall. Um, it, you should be able to find it. It's a kind of a, it looks like a brick. It, it, the background is like a picture of, of a brick wall. So a Watchmen on the Wall. And then it has like a, this little blue outline of supposedly a Bible with a microphone right in the middle. Um, it's called Watchmen on the Wall, and what you're, we just listened to a part of part one, The Rise of Devil Worship. There's part one, there's part two. Please listen to both, and you can just see how they handle it and what they do. If you hear something and you're like, well, what about this? Please email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I do not pretend in any way to be an, uh, pretend to be an expert on Satanism, but I can say this. I've read this, read the Satanic Bible I can't even tell you how many times, 15 times, 20 times, starting as a teenager, and I've referenced it over and over and over and over again, typically to say, hey, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard a preacher say something like, okay, are you talking this Satanism, like the one here in the Satanic Bible? And I've even heard preachers say, the Satanic Bible says this, and I, and I would go to them and go, where in the Satanic, where, show me. You never even looked it up. You never even verified it. So why are you saying these things from the pulpit? Don't just use Satanism to scare people. That just proves the Satanic Bible's uh, argument that the Satan is the best friend the church has ever had because it's kept it in business for all of these years. But I, it's just hard to believe we listen to 14 minutes of a podcast about Satanism and they never mention the Satanic Church or the nine Satanic statements or the nine Satanic rituals or anything else about actual Satanism. And then they even explain that Satanism is atheistic, where you worship yourself. It, it completely just went with some made-up concept. Uh, un, it's just, he never even stated a source of where he's gathered all of his supposed knowledge on Satanism. He's just, oh, I, well, someone told me. What? And Can you imagine some, can you imagine a lost person somewhere going on a podcast saying, we're going to talk about the rise of Christianity. Well, I have this Christian who told me that it's perfectly okay to beat your wife. And we'd be like, you're misrepresenting Christianity, but we, we will take anyone's word if they say something about a different religion. We're like, yeah, that's got to be true. How about verification? How about official documents? How about something? Something? But maybe, maybe before the two parts are over, he does come to all of these. So maybe he does. I'm saying all I can do is critique what we just heard. And what we just heard, it just seems weird that, well, Satanism. Let's start with Satanism. Well, we define Satanism as this. And we're going to be referencing this kind of Satanism. And we're not going to be speaking to, I mean, you think you would at least start there, but he doesn't. But if you have questions, I will do my best to answer. And if I can't answer, then we'll, I'll, help, I'll ask you to help me. We'll research and find the answer together because that's the only way to do so. 
All right, it's 1038, an hour and 11 minutes. This is kind of just an impromptu. This is just, this was supposed to be my devotional time. And it turned into, once again, Christianity, the, the new satanic panic of 2022. It just never goes away. All right. Thanks for listening. Hopefully a little bit of history. You now know what the actual nine satanic statements are of the Church of Satan. You know what those are. So hopefully I've done something to educate you this evening. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.